Hello, everyone. This is Aaron Saft and the MR Running Pains podcast, episode number 100. And as I thought about this episode, I thought about, you know, what what could I do for this kind of uh, this, this benchmark uh, episode? And, uh, you know, the more and more I thought about it and the more things happened, uh, I just came to the realization I could talk about what I'm going to do um, for my training uh, for Bigfoot 200. Uh, it just kind of came together nicely because, you know, everything I've done in these past 100 episodes, you know, hopefully has been teaching us about training and this is kind of a way of putting it all together. Um, so I'm going to talk about, you know, how I built out the long-term schedule. Um, and I'm actually going to start with, uh, you know, some things that, that I see as, um, things I need to, uh, to work on and, uh, and, and think about, you know, when, when, um, when asserting this with this plan. So, um, you know, to start Bigfoot 200, it's actually 209 miles in Washington state. Um, I think there's 46,000 feet of elevation gain, um, about the same amount of loss. Um, and, uh, this is my first time doing, uh, 200 miles or 200 plus miles. My, my furthest previous, uh, was at UTMB 106 miles, uh, with, uh, you know, just over 30,000 feet of gain. So, um, it's not the elevation that, you know, concerns me, uh, having done a number of, of mountain races, uh, it's, it's the distance, obviously that is, um, that is, you know, <laughs> my primary concern. So, um, you know, to, to do something like this, we've, we've talked a number of times on episodes about, um, creating, um, the why, why are we going to do this? You know, what's the reason, what, what, when things get hard, what am I going to think about that is, uh, is going to make me kind of push forward and, and, you know, get to the finish line. And, uh, you know, uh, my reason for running and reason for being out there is just, the simple pleasure of being able to move on my own accord, such long distances. I have such great appreciation for the fact that my body can carry me, you know, for, for that distance, uh, to see so much. Um, and you know, in, in this race specifically, um, you know, back in, um, I guess it was 19, was it 1982 when, when Mount St. Helens erupted, um, sometime around that time frame, but, um, I remember, you know, kind of sitting there watching the television, uh, and, and, you know, most likely it was, it was a recording of the eruption and just seeing this mountain explode and, you know, the side just slide off, you know, the face of this mountain, just kind of melting away, um, as this volcano erupted. I just kind of remember being in awe. I was still so young. Um, you know, I think I was four or five at the time. So, but even then just the impact that it had just seeing that sheer power, um, and force of nature, um, was just incredible. And, um, just a, a lasting image in my, in my mind, I can, you know, I can still do the replay and see it in my mind's eye of, of, uh, of just the, you know, that, all the, the, um, you know, the, uh, earth just kind of sliding down. It was, it was incredible. So, um, you know, just, um, 
just being starting at the, you know, the race starts at Mount St. Helens. So starting there just is, I mean, you know, uh, it's just an incredible, um, opportunity and, uh, we run right through, you know, that, that field, the lava field, um, you know, so it's, it's just a really neat kind of, um, a way to, to see, um, and, and be around, you know, something that was, that was so profound in my, my youth, uh, you know, just seeing, um, nature at its, at its strongest, um, you know, I've, I've seen a bunch of natural occurrences and lived through, you know, some really bad hurricanes and tornadoes and such. Um, but, you know, to, you know, to see, um, this, you know, this, this, this volcano, you know, I've run up volcanoes before in, in Mexico and such, um, dormant, <laughs> thankfully, uh, you know, hopefully <laughs> Mount St. Helens continues to be dormant, but, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just something historically that has, uh, you know, it kind of touched me and, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, to that, um, that piece of it, uh, to moving through this, you know, this beautiful part of our country. It's, it's something I haven't really experienced. I've never, um, really explored the Pacific Northwest. Um, I've been there, but, uh, you know, I've not, I've not done any real racing or runs out that way. So, you know, to experience 200 plus miles of this, you know, this wilderness, I am just, I'm beyond thrilled. So, um, so that's, that's a piece of it. Um, obviously another piece is just pushing myself to, um, a new distance, um, you know, questioning, you know, can I do this? Um, because when push comes to sub, I hate when, um, you know, I, I get to try something new and, um, you know, I, I start, just getting self-doubt. Um, that's, that's one thing I, I, I hate when self-doubt creeps in. So I want to, um, I want to, you know, just try to train myself mentally as well to, to be strong and, uh, and endure. And there's a number of things that I will do in this buildup that, you know, that will help me fortify my mind. Cause if I don't have my mind behind me, you know, the, what's, what's the use I, I need that, that strength, um, I need that inner strength to just keep driving me, um, and allowing me to continue on even when I'm tired. So, um, and then, you know, lastly, another piece of it is that it is a Western States qualifier. Um, I started qualifying in 2016 with, uh, with missing the lottery. One of those years, um, due to, to COVID where they didn't host the lottery. This will be year, I believe six for me. I'll have 32 tickets in the lottery. Um, but I need my qualifier. So this, this is my intention is to, uh, to run this and qualify. Um, so, you know, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and always another big piece of it is just my family, you know, um, my, you know, my kids, um, they, they're just such a huge part of my life. Uh, my wife, you know, just incredible. Um, and they're going to come out. Um, I, you know, I, I don't suspect that they're going to be, um, you know, there the whole time. Yeah. I, I don't want them to be there the whole time. I want them to get some sleep and rest. Um, but just having them there and, you know, showing them what is possible. Um, you know, when, when my, my kids, <laughs> they're, they, they're, they're so, um, <laughs> ruined by, by me. Cause you know, somebody will say I ran a marathon and, you know, to me, when I was young, that would have been like, wow, that's incredible, you know, but then to them, it's like, 
my dad runs like four times that. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, to, uh, to have their, their pride, you know, in me, um, and just their love, uh, and affection, uh, that's, that's a huge part of this as well. I, I, I would be remiss to say that, you know, a, a big part of it is just having, you know, my kids and, and their admiration, um, and, and respect, you know, for, for dad going out there and trying to tackle these things. Um, you know, it gives them not only experience out in the world, but, uh, you know, kind of a, a glimpse into what is, you know, humanly possible. Um, I, I just like to give them that kind of exposure to these sort of things uh, and, and show them that that challenges uh, you should meet them head on. And that's what I'm doing here. So um, there's my why that's why I'm doing this. Um, so things that uh, are going to pop up. Um, so, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll begin with um, my, my daily life. Um, I, I typically have to fit running into my schedule. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a busy, busy life that I have, um, between, you know, um, managing my kids and their activities and getting them to their, you know, to their, their places, um, you know, to their, uh, sports and other activities. Um, so, you know, managing them, getting them to school, getting them from school, all that stuff, you know, I'm the, I'm the taxi, I'm the bus, um, so being involved in their lives is, is crucial to me. I'd never want to sacrifice, uh, my time with them due to having to go train now, you know, they know there's days where I have to go out and do my long run. Um, you know, dad's out running. <laughs> um, I, I, there are those days and, uh, but I don't want to make them, um, on a consistent basis, you know, uh, at once or twice a week where, you know, dad has to go run. That's, that's more than more than enough. You know, I want to be around for, for their lives and their activities, um, which I am, and I'm grateful for that. So, um, making sure that they still take the, uh, the precedent, they still are the priority. Um, you know, that's, that's what I want it, you know, things to remain and that, that, that creates a challenge. Where do I fit in the running? Is it going to be early morning? Is it going to be, you know, um, after I drop them off for school, uh, when am I going to have the time to, to train? That's, that's always the, the question and, uh, you know, fitting that into my schedule. So, um, you know, each week I try to come up with a, a schedule, you know, um, and I'll, I'll talk about my, my, my training schedule here in, in just a few, but, um, I try to create my, my life schedule so that I know what's going on. And then I, you know, look at the gaps, where can I fit in my training? You know, where is that going to fit in? Um, so, uh, I take care of everything else first and then I look at my schedule and say, okay, here's where I can, here's where I can run and here's, you know, uh, how much time I have. So, um, so, you know, scheduling, that's a huge thing. Um, you know, aside from the family, we've got the hellbender 100 coming up, obviously, um, you know, preparation for that, uh, are, are in full swing. So that's May. So after, um, you know, the first weekend in May, uh, my schedule will open up again, uh, cause I won't have as many, uh, demands from hellbender. Um, I am coaching, uh, spring track. So, um, you know, I've got the, the high school kids. So, um, I've already told them, you know, I've got, uh, I've got hellbender coming up. Um, and you know, I, I need to make sure that 
I take care of everything for that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's another requirement. Um, you know, daily practices, um, the meat schedule, all that kind of stuff that, that all takes time. But again, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, you know, I'm hoping my son's healthy and, and can run track this spring. Um, it's a, a big part of why I wanted to, to coach. Um, so, um, you know, coaching him would be a, a thrill. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's, you know, yet another thing. Um, then there's my full-time job, which is coaching. Um, you know, I've, I've got a slew of athletes right now. Um, my stable is completely full of athletes. Um, you know, I've got a few coming on in February, but, um, I've, I've had to start turning down people right now, uh, which I suspect after hellbender, um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll probably lose a few athletes, um, you know, after people complete their, their spring goals. So, um, most likely, you know, kind of early summer, if people are looking to, to get coaching for the fall, um, then I'll, I'll probably have spaces open again, but for right now I need to, to kind of cap it. Um, cause I, I am, I'm just, <laughs> I'm chock full right now and, and super busy and grateful, grateful for that as always. Um, but, uh, coaching takes a lot of time. Uh, you know, every day I'm working on scheduling, um, checking in on my athletes, phone calls with my athletes. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's a busy schedule. Um, you know, people, people say, oh, it's, you know, it must be awesome to just coach. And it, it is, um, you know, it is, I really, I love my job. Um, but it, you know, it does take time. Um, there is a lot that, that has to transpire. And then, then here's this podcast, right? Um, I make up this podcast. Um, I try to do an episode a week. Um, uh, I've got the hellbender podcast, which again, once, um, you know, we finish up in may, I'll probably do a kind of wrap up podcast for that one. And, and then put that one aside for a while, but for the you know time being, I've got, I've got two podcasts rolling the newsletter, my daily YouTube videos. You know, there's just a lot that happens in my day. So, um, you know, trying to get all that stuff done again, it's just, you know, scheduling conflicts. Um, so, uh, making sure I have the time to train. That's, that's a big, big thing. Um, other things, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting older, I'm 44 now, um, you know, and, and I, I can tell my metabolism is slowing down. Uh, my weight's not coming off like I, I want it to, um, you know, I'm, I'm used to kind of running uh, around, you know, just under 160 pounds, um, about 175 right now. So a uh, little too much weight <laughs> for, for what I'd like, I'd like to, you know, and I have plenty of time, you know, I've got eight months. Uh, to kind of get that that weight back down, but um, uh, you know I'm not doing it alone. I've got a registered dietitian that I work with. My wife, who's a physician, she's kind of watching over me. Um, you know, I've I've started cutting out just excess calories. Um, you know, I was I was snacking a lot in between meals. Um, you know, I was having uh, a lot of desserts, so I've, I've started cutting out all that stuff, um, as well as like extra calories from from you know sugary drinks, juices, Gatorade, etc. Um, you know, just watching where my calories are coming from, making sure that they make sense. No empty calories is kind of what I've I've turned to, um, as well as making sure that you know I'm I'm trying to eat um, less processed foods. So uh, you know that I, all of that I hope adds up and, and starts uh, kind of trimming off the weight as uh, as I build back my volume. So um, you know I I I I don't see weight as like a huge problem, but it is something that could make running a lot easier. So um, that's why I I say that. And so um, the other problem that that comes with um, you know all this all this uh, extra uh, work and and you know obligations is sleep. 
Um, you know, I was up at four 30 this morning, just trying to get some work done. Cause I just have so much stuff on my plate right now. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, cause I, I obviously I, I got like probably just under seven hours of sleep last night. I would ideally like to get seven plus hours, but, um, you know, as I, as I, uh, as I, you know, train here, I, I need to make sure that I prioritize sleep, um, so that I, I am recovering. So, um, that's a, that's a huge thing is just making sure, uh, you know, I get to bed at night and get some sleep. Um, I've also, you know, I, I really, I started, um, I listened to atomic habits by James clear. If you haven't listened to that, there's some great principles in there for helping you create better habits. Um, and, um, you know, part of my thing was with all this going on, how do I do all the ancillary stuff, right? How do I, how do I weight train? How do I do mobility? How do I do all that stuff? How do I fit that in? And, um, you know, he had a really good tip called stacking and, you know, what stacking is, is you do, uh, one activity and then you do another activity right behind it. So, um, on my strength days, what I do now is I run and then I do my strength directly after it. That way I know it's done. I don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. Right. Cause a lot of times you just get going, you got your list and you're just trying to get things done. And then, you know, that because you ran, you're not, so you're like, uh, if I don't get it in, I don't get it in. It's just one more thing, but I need to get that stuff in, you know, that's, that's uh, to keep me healthy, to keep me strong, you know, get me fit, uh, just to, you know, be able to get to the starting line. Uh, I really want to make sure I'm doing all of that. So, you know, I, I've kind of blocked out that time. So I've got my run and then I know directly following it, I've got to do either my core or my strength and, um, and get that done. And then what I've been doing at night is, um, you know, I, I basically, I stop work, um, at a, a certain time, you know, I'd say, okay, if I'm not done by this point, I just got to stop or else I'm going to keep going. And that's, you know, that's when I, I start losing sleep. So, um, I stop, um, and then I spend about a half hour, um, stretching, um, and using either Theragun or massage stick or foam roller or something, and just kind of work on my muscles. Um, and you know, that's, that's become kind of a nightly ritual. Um, and then either thing is hydration. You know, it's, there's times where I'm like, ah, what was the last time I drank? <laughs> um, and you know, I think all of these are, are key, you know, nutrition, hydration, sleep. Um, you know, it's just making sure that I'm getting in all of this stuff and doing it, um, consistently. So, uh, just like training, training, you know, it, it's all consistency here, you know, again, it's just being consistent with everything, you know, and, uh, there's no cheat days. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to have a cheat day. <laughs> um, I'm just, you know, straightforward, just here's what I need. Here's what I need to do. Cheat days aren't going to help. You know, there's, there's nothing that's going to help. I mean, you know, if, if you're depriving yourself of something so much that you need a cheat day, you really need to take another look at what you're doing because, you know, like you're, maybe you're, you're taking away too much. You're being too restrictive, um, in whatever you're trying to do, because, you know, there's no reason for a cheat day. Uh, like, you know, it's, if you're, if you're, if you're wanting something that badly, then you're depriving yourself of something. So, um, you know, totally reconsider that. But as I said, you know, no cheat days for me, because there's nothing here that, that, you know, I'm, I've cut out extraneous. Um, and you know, if, if there's, uh, there's something I want every once in a while, everything in moderation, you know, I like, I, I'm, I'm not to the, yeah, not to the point where I'm, I'm going to say no to, to everything and anything because, uh, you know, I got to live a little bit too. We have to remember that, you know, we have to live life and, and enjoy life a bit as well. 
So, but um, I want everything in the direction of positivity and something that's going to help me uh, succeed. So, um, you know, so those are my barriers. That's, that's what I'm working with. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 it's, I was having some problems. If, uh, if you've listened to my podcast or my YouTube videos, uh, you, you may have heard, I just, I got super fatigued, just super tired and worn out. And I think it was a combination of, of all of these things that I've, I've kind of talked about here. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I took a step away from, from training. Um, I, I was with coach Patrick Regan and, you know, I just said, Hey man, I'm just going to kind of take a step away from training and just listen to my body and, and, you know, kind of go for some runs and see how I feel. Um, things have slowly improved. Um, I'm feeling much better. Uh, and the other day I had a meeting with the, uh, Lydiard foundation, um, Arthur Lydiard, uh, the great, you know, coach, uh, that his foundation, uh, you know, Arthur Lydiard has passed, but he has a legacy in his foundation and they, they teach his methodologies and, and, uh, methodologies and, and principles, um, of coaching. And so I am working on level three, the level three certification. And, uh, with that, that, that certification, um, we are the kind of the, the first, um, first group to take on this certification. So, um, you know, they wanted to do kind of an assessment. Uh, we went through all of our coursework and, and we did an exam last year. Um, and this year we kind of have our, our final assessment. And, um, and what I thought it was going to be was uh, kind of programming, you know, coming up with a program for a, um, a fictitious or, uh, you know, a made up uh, runner. We were just going to kind of create a training plan based on the Arthur Lydiard principles and, um, and turn that in. But, uh, the reality is they want us to, uh, to do, um, a, uh, uh, a real subject, a real test subject. They want a, an actual individual. Uh, and I asked if I could, you know, if I could train myself, um, you know, and, and work on myself and use the linear principles to train myself for this 200 miler, which, you know, they were, uh, more than happy because, you know, they've got some, some ultra coaches that are coming up and, you know, we'd be happy to see, um, how I do things and, uh, and apply the principles. So, so I'm going to work on myself. Um, you know, I, I, I let um, Patrick know that, you know, I'm going to be coaching myself through this. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I'll be working on my, my level three certification, um, through this process, which was really interesting when I sat down the other day and just built out my kind of long range schedule. Uh, I've got 30 weeks, um, to, uh, to, to Bigfoot, which is, is great, uh, because I've just been doing kind of easy base work. Uh, you know, Lydia was a huge fan of, of doing, uh, a huge aerobic base. So, um, you know, these days I, I've just been kind of, um, doing some easy running. Um, you know, I've been wearing a heart rate monitor. I, I wear, um, a Wahoo, uh, the Wahoo W A H O O Wahoo is, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I really like, uh, it's, it's a great device for, for, you know, chest heart rate monitors, uh, it gives some, some really accurate data. So I have been using that, um, and just making sure I'm not going too hard. Uh, now the other day I had my first workout, I did a, a fartlek run, um, super easy, um, you know, 30 minutes, uh, various intervals, um, you know, for, literally believe that a fartlek should not be a, uh, 
contrived workout, you know, a pre-planned now, you know, it's okay if you do pre-plan your intervals, but, um, you know, again, Lydiard was like, just, just go let the trail dictate. So I did it on single track and he said, let the trail dictate it, let it you know, dictate the speed, let it dictate the distance and the duration of the interval. And so I didn't even look at my watch. I said, I'm going to pick it up. And I just picked it up to a certain pace, sustained it until my body was like, that's good. And then I would, you know, recover and I would just jog until I felt good. And again, you know, the trail was like, all right, let's pick it up here. And, you know, I just mixed it up. I have no idea how long the intervals were, how fast they were. Um, you know, when I looked back at, uh, at max speed, I had got down to like 452. So got some good turnover, you know, for, especially for like single track dirt trail. Um, you know, so that, that was great. It was a great first workout. Um, so here in this base phase, uh, if I go through my calendar, I'm just going to scroll down here. Um, I have until, uh, March 7th, uh, in this phase. Now in a base phase, uh, you want to build your volume. Okay. Uh, I base everything off time. Uh, the body understands time, time on feet. Um, so, uh, that's what I prescribe to my athletes. So, you know, if, if I were to like, let's take me, for instance, if I were to go for a 10 mile run on the road and then a 10 mile run in the mountains, it's going to be two very different times. And it's going to take a, you know, much different recovery, not only because of, you know, if I'm in the mountains and climbing and such, but because I'm on my feet for so much longer time-wise. So, um, that's why I prescribe in time. And so, um, you know, two hours is two hours, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you may have some, some extra climbing if you go into the mountains, but still two hours is two hours. So, um, so I'm going to build up my volume, build up my long run, um, in this phase, uh, uh aerobic phase, Lydiard believed in, um, strides, you, you know, you can do strides and, and hill repeats, um, just short ones. Um, you know, they, they prescribe like 10 seconds, you know, I, I, I get up to like 30 seconds, which, you know, will take you out of kind of the zone that they're, they're looking at, you know, I, I don't think it's long enough to really sustain and, and get like a huge, um, anaerobic workout out of. So, um, or, uh, um, or high intensity or, um, you know, max VO two workout out of, I hate to use the term anaerobic, but, um, but anyhow, um, so some Hills, you know, once or twice a week, uh, the fartlek run, which I just talked about. And then, uh, the out and back run, which I have done a, a YouTube video on, um, the out and back is, is really just a progression run. The first half hour is just real easy aerobic running. The second and a half hour, you just gradually pick up the pace and you never want to go beyond your lactate threshold. So never want to go beyond 85% of maximum heart rate. Um, but you know, that's a good benchmark run. You just do it on an out and back course, and then you can compare it over time. Are you improving? That's the, you know, that's kind of the benchmark, the, the you know, the test to see, you know, is, is the ancillary stuff, is it, you know, is it doing well? And during this time, you just increase your, uh, your long run, the, the time of your average runs in your long run. Um, I like to do one medium long run. So, you know, perhaps if I'm doing like, let's just take, for instance, I, I do a two hour long run on the weekend. I might do an hour and a half in the weekday. And then my average run, let's say is an hour to an hour and 10. Um, so you know, it's, uh, um, the one medium long run just kind of throws in some extra volume and gives you a little bit more time on feet. Um, so, but that's, that's kind of what the aerobic phase looks like. I, you know, I, I mix all of that stuff up, 
do stuff you know differently each week um but then march 7th um what what is you know what's transpired now oh and let me take a step back excuse me so um what i've done is i build for three weeks and then i take a down week so throughout this schedule I'm going to, you know, I'll build up volume each week. Okay. My, my, uh, I will increase, um, the volume, the, the time on feet each week. And then the, the fourth week will be a down week where I, I, you know, take a real easy recovery week. So, um, I've got one down week, um, prior to, um, well, the, the week I start the hill phase, actually there's, <laughs> there's quite a bit going on that week. So I may have to adjust a little bit, um, and move things forward, but, um, so, um, anyhow, I think I will do that. I will move the down week ahead one week and, um, yeah, that would be, I'm just moving things around my calendar as we speak here. Um, so, uh, the hill phase. Okay. So what, uh, what transpires here and I'll explain why I moved that in just one moment here, but, um, so the hill phase, what's happened here, we've got this, this aerobic phase, right? So we've done all of this aerobic running. Now, everything up to 85% is considered into your aerobic zone. Okay. There's some gray matter in there, right? Some gray area as to these paces, are they really worth anything? Um, you know, I, 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 uh, I think that, uh, what I'm doing, all of the, you know, the, um, the paces that I'll be running will be quite beneficial to my training. Um, but we've trained the, the cardiovascular system, right? So we've, we've increased the capacity and the strength of the heart. Um, you know, the heart is a muscle we've trained it well, and it adapts faster than, um, than our musculoskeletal system. So now in this hill phase, the hill training phase, we are going to train the musculoskeletal system to catch up to the cardiovascular system so that we have less propensity or less chance of injury because now the two systems should be working uh, in proximity to each strength, right? So the heart and the, the skeletal muscular system should be equally trained if we you know, catch the, the body up, the skeletal muscular system, if we catch that up in the hill phase. And uh, Lydiard had three drills that he used used in the hill phase. Um, I did a, a round of this previously when I was training, um, um, uh, in 2020 and, um, uh, I, all I did was the aerobic base and then threw in the hill phase and I did a 50 K, uh, I did the Duncan Ridge 50 K, which is a 50 K with, a, a, a huge amount of vert for what it is. Uh, and I, you know, I felt strong. I felt pretty strong. Um, you know, just having the hill phase and I was, I wasn't even completed with the hill phase. I think I was in like week three or four of the hill phase, which, you know, in total for the hill phase, you do about four to five weeks. Um, and what you do is you do these drills three times a week. Again, I have another YouTube video, um, that, that talks about, uh, I'll try to put all this stuff in the show notes, the, uh, the videos, but, um, you do three different drills and it just depends on how much experience you have with doing the drills. Um, you know, I, I've, I've done all these drills in the past. I'm used to them, but you do them uphill. Okay. Um, you know, literally would like to do them in kind of a rectangle. You do the drill up the, uh, the short, we'll say the right side of the rectangle, you would recover across the top and then you would stride down the left side and then recover along the bottom of the rectangle back to the start. And then you repeat, you know, do your next drill up. Okay. And you just keep repeating that loop, um, until you've completed your workout and three drills 
One is um, a high knee, slow jog. So you're just jogging uphill and lifting your knees, just doing a high knee drill, but just a slow jog. Um, and the way we did that, if we talked about the rectangle, you would do three loops um, uh, of you know with that drill. So the one side, you just do your high knee jog, recover across the top, stride down the left side, recover along the bottom. Then you would do another lap with high knee jog up the side, recover across the top, stride down the bottom or the left side, and then uh, recover along the bottom of your rectangle. Um, so you do three loops of that. Then you would go on to your next drill, which is the high skips. So high skips, you're driving the knee and kind of getting as much air as you can. You're going straight up. So if you picture skipping, you're just skipping as high as you can and driving that knee. So you drive high coming off the toe. Um, and you know, so it's, it's kind of a plyometric drill, but same thing. You would do three rounds of that. So three laps of that. And then you go into bounding. Now bounding is going straight forward. You're driving the knee, but you're pushing your momentum forward rather than upward. So bounding is, it's the toughest one. It's the toughest plyometric one. And it's the toughest one for people to understand and grasp. So even if you just do the high knee jog and just do nine laps, that's, that's amazing. That's great. I mean, start with six laps. If you've never done any of this before, start with six laps uh, and just do the high knee jog. And then after maybe, you know, a week and a half of just, uh, you know, twice a week doing um, the high knee jog, uh, throw in the high skips for another, you know, week and a half, two weeks and see how that feels um, doing the high skips. So you would do uh, potentially um, six laps of, of uh, high knee jog and then, you know, one or three laps of, uh, of high skips. And as I said, bounding is the most advanced. So uh, if, if you're advanced, know how to bound, then you would do three laps, high knee jog, three laps, high skips, and three laps of, uh, of bounding. Um, and like I said, you know, twice a week is great. I may try to throw in a third, depending on how I'm feeling, but I think two will be enough. Um, I, I know Lydiard's elites, he had them doing it five, you know, six times a week. So, um, but, um, you know, I, I don't think that's... Um, that's, that's what would be best for me, um, in, at this point in my life. <laughs> so, um, you know, during that, that, that next phase, that hill phase, that would be, you know, about probably five weeks, um, of, uh, um, of doing the, uh, um, the hill phase. And during that time, um, you know, um, I've plugged in, um, scar, uh, so, uh, let me start by saying I am as aside from doing Bigfoot 200, I am going to attempt the brute challenge this year. The brute challenge is five different courses throughout the South East. Um, I've had two podcast episodes on this one with Natalie Daniel, actually two with Natalie Daniel one as she got midway through it. Uh, the second, as she completed it and, uh, to complement that episode, that second episode with Natalie, I brought in Charles Raffensperger, um, and Charles is the creator of the brute challenge and, and brute stands for blue Ridge ultra trail endurance challenge. Uh, again, it's five different courses, five different States. They're all roughly between hundred K and 75 miles. Scar is in Tennessee. It is the Appalachian trail. Um, so it's the, um, the, uh, smoky section of the, uh, Appalachian trail. So that's Tennessee. And, uh, and then I would move on, um, later on in, um, in April to the Massanutten loop in Virginia, uh, and then potentially, um, 
before the last one I would do before Bigfoot would be Pitchell here in North Carolina. Uh, and then the other two that would be left for after um, Bigfoot would be the Foothills Trail in South Carolina and the Georgia Loop in obviously in Georgia. So those are those are kind of my events leading up to uh, to um, to Bigfoot. I'm going to use those. Uh, obviously, they're not races, but they're they're very challenging mountain courses. I think they'll be great prep for um, for uh, for Bigfoot. Uh, the only other thing that I am potentially thinking about including is a, um, a, uh, um, either a out and back, um, on uh, shut in or, um, uh, the, uh, folk art center to Mount Mitchell 50 K. Um, the both are you know, lots of, lots of vertical gain, uh, or even an art lobe run. Uh, they're all about 50 K, um, in distance. Um, I don't know which one, um, which one I'm going to do at this time. Uh, I'm just going to kind of put 50 K, um, into my schedule as a, as a placeholder. Um, that way, um, I, I'm going to put that uh, actually prior to doing, um, scar. Uh, I think that will be a, a good, a good build, um, going, you know, going into to scar. So, um, so a 50 K and then scar, uh, Massanut and loop and then, uh, Pitchell, and then I'll have, uh, plenty of time between, um, Pitchell and Bigfoot. I'd have one, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, I'd have roughly a little bit more than six weeks of recovery. Um, you know, almost seven weeks between Pitchell, uh, where I have it plugged in and Bigfoot 200. So, uh, but again, gotta see how my body's feeling. So, um, yeah, the hill phase, um, will lead me, you know, I'll, uh, I'll be in the midst of the hill phase when I'm, I'm going to do the scar, um, run. Um, and then, like I said, about four or five weeks in the, uh, the hill phase. And then, um, so here's where I will, um, I will differ from the typical protocol that, that Lydiard, um, you know, built into his, um, his programs, you know, Lydiard has a pyramid. And, um, you know, we start at the bottom, the widest part with the aerobic base. Uh, the second platform would, uh, typically be your, um, uh, hill phase. And then the third phase is typically long intervals because, um, what, what Lydia trained most of his athletes for was uh, shorter distances, marathon and under here training for ultra running. What happens is, uh, and I've talked about this in the past, you start with, um, your, least specific activities and work towards your most specific activities. So, um, whereas, you know, again, uh, after the hill phase, typically Lydiard has long intervals, I'm going to flip it and do the short intervals since they're less specific towards what I'm training for. So I will have a short bout with, sh with short intervals. I'm only going to do about, um, uh, probably three weeks worth of short intervals. And in that time period is going to follow the mass and nothing loop. So, um, you know, um, probably three weeks and then the fourth week will be the mass nut and loop, um, and, um, short intervals, uh, you know, what those would entail, uh, is, um, you know, intervals, typically three minutes, two to three minutes, uh, at a high intensity, kind of 90% maximum heart rate or a nine RPE, um, you typically take equal, uh, recovery. Um, some of them will be uphill. Uh, so two minutes uphill, which, you know, uh, um, a lot of times I just prescribe, 
um, you know, to, from athletes to jog back down to the start. I've got plenty of Hills around here where I can just take equal recovery and just go further up the Hill. And then just a longer cool down that doesn't bother me, but, um, you know, short intervals are great for, for, you know, incorporating Hills. Um, typically you don't want to include more than two workouts per week, uh, of short intervals. Uh, just like I was saying with the, the Hills, you know, two, two repeats is fine. Um, during the Hill phase, I, you know, you can still, if you want to kind of get some speed in, you know, obviously you're doing strides with this. And if you just do it on a, a Hill and I show you in the video, you can just do Hill repeats and just have your recovery. Um, after you do the drill, just take a little recovery and then you can stride back down the Hill, take a little recovery, do your next drill. So, um, but you can still include fartlek and the out and back run, you know, in those weeks, if you're, you know, if you're feeling recovered, you know, that's the huge, uh, component there is like, are you recovering? So, you know, the short intervals again, you know, um, typically they take a little bit longer to recover from. They're going to take you about 48 hours to recover from if you're doing them at that, you know, 90% of maximum heart rate. So, you know, plan a little bit more recovery time. Um, if you, you're not familiar with short intervals, maybe you just want to include one session per week, uh, which is totally fine. Uh, and you know, if you want to include something, um, else, you could just do some strides, uh, you know, in, in conjunction, uh, later in the week with, uh, instead of doing a, a, another short interval session, but, um, but yeah, so short intervals, again, you know, this is, um, they are intense, uh, higher propensity for, for injury because of, of how fast you're going. Uh, if you have any type of flaw in your form, it's going to be magnified here at higher speeds. So that's why there's such a, a higher probability of injury. So be very cautious with this. Um, I don't, you know, put it for all my athletes. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, some folks, they don't need to do it, especially if they don't have experience with it. Um, I think, you know, if you're more of a beginner, it's, it's better to not include high intensity, short intervals, um, and just move on to the, you know, the longer intervals or progression runs, or just staying with, uh, far like runs and, and out and back. Um, so not for everybody. Um, you know, and the other part of it here is that you do not want to increase your, um, your volume. Okay. So, uh, with high intensity, uh, you, you do high intensity and just kind of keep your volume kind of consistent. Uh, you do not want to increase or especially dramatically increase your volume during this phase, because, um, again, you know, you're, you're creating fatigue and by, you know, creating fatigue from the intervals, if we increase the volume, we're adding more fatigue. Uh, like making it less likely that you're going to recover. So be real careful with the, uh, with the short intervals. Um, so again, during that time period, um, I'm going to go for the mass nut and loop. Um, and, uh, then, you know, uh, at the end of that phase, that's hellbender. So after hellbender, again, you know, things will open up a little bit. Um, and after hellbender, um, I transition into long intervals. This is the next piece of the, the pyramid. Again, Lydiard would do long intervals, then short intervals. I'm flipping it as an ultra runner because it's, it's, it's more specific. The long intervals that is, uh, long intervals, more specific to my training. So long intervals, um, are done at more of an 80 to 85%, um, maximum heart rate. Okay. We're, we're working on lactate threshold, um, these intervals are typically seven minutes and longer. Um, you know, the short intervals, you want your, your, your total quantity of, of fast time anywhere between 10 to 20 minutes, depending on your level of fitness, uh, with long intervals, you know, they can be, um, 
anywhere from you know 20 minutes to to an hour plus again depending on your your level of fitness and and what you're trying to accomplish um long intervals uh you know typically we do um uh we take half the recovery so uh, for instance if i did um a seven minute interval i i might say take three and a half minutes recovery Okay. Eight minute interval, four minutes recovery. You're taking half the recovery time. If you want to keep it simple on your watch, like for seven minutes, you can just do three minutes. Um, just make sure you're recovering. Um, and by that, your heart rate should come way back down, you know, low zone two. We want that heart rate to really drop. Uh, so if that means standing, um, and resting or walking and resting, it's, it's the same thing for the, uh, the short intervals, make sure your heart rate drops during your recoveries. So, um, and, uh, you know, just as with short intervals, you can do these uphill. Um, sometimes what I have my athletes do, uh, if they have access to, uh, to a long hill, uh, or the treadmill, you know, if you're doing it on the treadmill, you can put your treadmill at, you know, eight to 10%, depending on your strength. Um, but, um, yeah, like if you're doing them, uh, out on a, a hill, if you've got a, you know, a long hill that you can do seven minute intervals on, I may have them, you know, do the first interval uphill and then walk recovery further up the hill. And then your second interval would be downhill and then recovery back to the start. Uh, and then third interval uphill, fourth interval downhill and alternate that way. It's a good way to not go further up the hill. So those are long intervals. Um, and long intervals, um, you know, again, we're, we, we typically make adaptations, uh, somewhere between four and six weeks, we've kind of made that adaptation. So, uh, you know, like the reason I don't do, uh, much more than three weeks in the short intervals is because of how much fatigue they can create. So we don't want to do too many weeks of them. Whereas with lactate threshold, our body recovers in typically 24 hours from that sort of, uh, workout. We process that lactate in about 24 hours. So, uh, recover a little quicker so you can do them for a few more weeks here. You can do four to six weeks of long intervals, which then brings me into my, um, my peak training, my maximum volume and vert. So, uh, you know, training for, um, a hundred miler, uh, you know, going through, um, coops, um, course in the, uh, UESCA, uh, UESCA certification. He recommended that you take about six weeks and you average, um, about nine hours a week. Uh, now nine hours a week is, is kind of a low volume week for me, uh, for time on feet. So I will be doing uh, quite a bit more, but, uh, just to kind of give you guys an idea, um, you know, for six weeks, you want to kind of average nine plus hours on your, of time on your feet. Um, during this time, Pitchell will fall into that, uh, that time frame. So, um, you know, I, I like to kind of, um, uh, take the, uh, the typical, um, you know, we've got 209 miles here, uh, 46,000 feet of gain. So, you know, I divide 46,000 by 209 gives me the average feet per mile. And I kind of like to average that on my, my, you know, especially my long runs, uh, just to kind of get a sense for, uh, you know, how much, uh, or what that vert is going to feel like. Um, and then, um, you know, in that, that time, I'll also be doing some, some progression runs. So you've got some long runs, which, uh, the pace will progress just so you're, you're touching on some faster speeds. Um, and then, you know, with three weeks to go, I taper. So, uh, July 25th, I'll start my taper. 
um, start knocking down the volume, knocking down the, uh, uh, the quality sessions, the, you know, the workout sessions, uh, and just get my legs fresh and ready for, for Bigfoot 200. Um, you know, uh, so a, a kind of a good rule of thumb during that is, uh, as you start decreasing the volume, uh, if the legs feel stale, uh, lethargic, throw in some, some, uh, surges, you know, do a little fart, like kind of pick them up so that, you know, the legs kind of freshen up a little bit. If they start feeling too zippy, you start feeling too good. You just add a little bit more time on your feet, a little bit more volume, uh, and that should balance the scale. So, um, the, uh, the, the max volume and vert that, that kind of phase, uh, Lydiard, uh, referred to as integration, integration being, you know, replicating what you're going to be doing, you know, for your, your race, you know, so, um, uh, what, what type of, uh, training will best adapt you to the requirements of your race. So that's why, um, I've got volume and vert that's, you know, those are the things that are going to best prepare me for, um, for Bigfoot. Now, Bigfoot, you know, weather-wise could be anything. This is also where, you know, if, if you're doing a hot race, you would do your heat protocol, your heat training. Um, so it, you know, I'm, I may be doing some heat training. It's, it's hard to say what, what weather will face, but that would be the, the time frame to do that. Now, other things that I am including, um, I, you know, I'm including, uh, two to three days of, of, uh, strength and core work. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of just depends on the week and the severity of the workouts as to, you know, how much lifting I'm doing. Um, I always refer to Jada Sherry. I do a lot of his workouts. Um, right now I'm using the hip circuit, um, and the performance prep lifting, uh, which is, you know, it, it's super helpful in this phase here. Um, and both of those have YouTube videos. Uh, again, I'll try to, you know, throw those um, in, uh, in the, the show notes, uh, if you want to take you know, check them out. Um, and, um, I'm also doing, um, some incline hiking. Um, I like doing the, the incline hiking, you know, so, um, especially on my recovery days, uh, like today, for instance, I, I did my workout yesterday and, um, I just went out for an easy run this morning with, uh, with one of the high school athletes that I coach, um, helped him a little bit through his workout. But, um, then I came home and I did 20 minutes at uh, 16% incline. Um, you know, uh, I was going four and a half miles per hour. Uh, it's whatever you're comfortable at. Um, that put me, you know, kind of, uh, high zone one, low zone two. Um, but, um, you know, 16% is, is a good, uh, incline to help, uh, train you up and get you ready. Uh, and, you know, again, look at your course, what's the, you know, steepest pitches that you're going to face. Uh, if you can replicate those in training, that's tremendous. Um, you know, a, a lot of times we, we talk about weighted the vests and, uh, you know, I was just reading actually Coop's book, uh, refer to Coop a lot too. Uh, and he was saying that, you know, just use, you know, five to 10% of your body weight. That's all you should load up in either a weighted vest or your pack. You know, if you just have your hydration vest, uh, and, and just add water, you know, to your bladder bottles. Uh, so five to 10% of your body weight, obviously start on the 5% side. And as you get stronger, you can add more. Uh, more weight up to 10% of your body weight. So, um, I don't, when I'm hiking right now, I don't include any weight as I get closer. I will, you know, as I get stronger, um, I certainly will, uh, I walk my dog a lot. So, um, I'll probably be incorporating the weighted vest, um, as I, as I walk him, um, to help prepare, um, my body. Um, 
And that's kind of the overview of, uh, of my training. Uh, you know, what, what I envision, um, uh, uh, you know, that's kind of the breakdown of, of what I'll be doing. Um, I'll certainly do check-ins as we progress through here, as we progress through the training and, uh, we, you know, we get closer to, uh, uh, to, um, these different phases and I'll be updating you as I go through these, uh, these brute challenge courses. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll be talking about these throughout the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm really <laughs> super excited about this, uh, this opportunity. Um, could not believe when I looked and saw my name was number two on the wait list. And then to be called off a week later because, uh, a friend, uh, dropped from the race and signed up for Hellbender. Uh, it was just, um, <laughs> it was just karma. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, really, really, I appreciate um, all y'all listening. I mean, for you know, 100 episodes, this has really been uh, such a, a great experience for me. I've got to know so many cool people, uh, hear so many cool stories, you know, learn so much from so many amazing people. Uh, uh, so this opportunity, you know, it's it it definitely uh, is. I mean, you know, um, definitely a, a game changer for me. I'm so glad that. I've done this. Uh, thank you for your encouragement, you know, your kind words and, you know, your support. It really, it has meant a lot to me. Uh, it, you know, don't think it, it, it doesn't, uh, affect me. It sure, certainly does. Uh, and I, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, so, um, you know, this is hundred episodes. I just, <laughs> it baffles me that I, you know, I've, I've been able to, <laughs> to put out a hundred of these episodes. I, I'm so happy that, we're here. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping for, for a hundred more, uh, you know, and please, you know, check out my daily YouTube videos. Uh, I try to put a lot in those, you know, I try to go over something each day and talk about something so that folks can learn something when watching those. So, um, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Aaron Saf. So you get a notification when, when I upload, obviously <laughs> you don't have to watch all of them. I try to put into the title, you know, what, what I touch on in each episode. So, um, but thank you guys for that support as well. Um, we are, uh, we're going to have another hellbender episode this weekend. We're doing a crew special talking about crews and, uh, you know, what, uh, what, what makes an efficient crew, uh, what are some ideas, uh, how is hellbender set up, um, for crewing all that good stuff. So check that episode out. That will drop on Saturday, January 8th, um, at 5 AM Eastern standard time. So that's, that's coming up. Um, again, newsletter came out January 1st. You can check out all my old newsletters and all the old podcasts on, um, um, mrrunningpains.com, my website. It's on the, uh, the, the contact and connect with me page. You can see the links there and, and find all the old archived episodes and newsletters there. Um, and you know, I really appreciate everything guys, I've, you know, from Patreon to, to all you guys that have left a review or shared this episodes. Uh, it's, you know, and I hope you, you take away something from this. If you have questions, um, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy to, to answer any questions you may have. Um, you can find my contact again in the show notes. And, uh, you know, again, you know, if you're looking for, for coaching, I am full at the moment. Um, but, you know, as, uh, as we get through Hellbender uh, around that time frame, don't hesitate to reach out if you're looking to, uh, to have some help for a fall race. Um, glad to, to have that conversation. So thank you all for, for listening. Thanks for making it through hundred episodes with me. I can't believe that, uh, <laughs> that we've made it this far and, uh, man, you guys just keep running. <laughs>